dear listener, and welcome to Late of the Rings, a podcast dedicated to Lord of the Rings the card game. My name's John, and here's my co-host, he's just found out it comes in pints, it's Emery. <laughs> I'm getting one. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to ask what. <laughs> the gaffer's old brew, we're going to keep it at that, right? <laughs> oh dear. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm not too bad, not too bad. Things are looking a bit more up than previous episodes. John, I've left the home <laughs> for some period of time. They let you out. And they let me out. And uh, yeah, I've had a bit of time away and came back. And it was very much needed. So for the listener, yet again, as is tradition, we're still kind of in the lockdown for the coronavirus here. But we were given uh, is it a directive. That sounds very kind of like... Soviet almost, isn't it? <laughs> some kind of uh, some some permission, shall we say, to um, basically you could you could pick someone to be part of your bubble is what how they described it. So I was allowed to basically choose another household, go spend some time there. So I spent a um, bit of time with my family, saw my nephews and things like this. And were they aware that you had uh, put yourself into their bubble? I just turned up. Luckily, I got there just before the next person who wanted to do it. <laughs> right, so I beat them to it. But yes, yeah, so I've actually done something for the first time since we've been recording this podcast. Well, very nice too. I hope it doesn't affect your uh, performance too much. <laughs> you know, with your mind wandering off to pastures green. Yeah, exactly. Actually, going back to the real world <laughs> to some extent. <laughs> <laughs> that world is gone that world is gone and how about you well actually i was kind of dreading you asking me what i've been up to because just before we sat down to record i thought well you know we're gonna have our usual introductions we're gonna find out if you've been outside or not and then you're gonna ask me and how about you and i'm gonna go ah, what have i done <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I, I must have done something i really must have but i, I was struggling i mean yeah, it's been raining here a lot, an awful lot for July. Yeah, same here, actually. Terrible, terrible weather. <laughs> actually, you know what? What episode are we, are we on now? Is this eight? Eight. See, for two British gentlemen, are we gentlemen? I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> <laughs> we've gone seven episodes without mentioning the weather, Yeah, which is pretty impressive, actually. <laughs> we've mentioned tea a couple of times, but this is the first time I've mentioned weather and we deserve some kind of credit for that. Yeah, we've mentioned tea, we've mentioned alcohol, and now we've mentioned the weather. So that's the uh, that's the trifecta. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Nothing more to add. <laughs> um, yeah, so sorry, it's a bit dull. I'm trying to think uh, if there's anything interesting I've done. But no, I mean, I played some games and uh, yeah, I watched some telly and watched the rain. Um <laughs> Okay, yes, so we'll just skip over what I've been doing because there hasn't been anything. But um, yeah, so this episode, I just want to remind the listeners, is going to be a spoiler episode. So this episode, we're going to be almost wholly talking about the next quest, which is Conflict at the Carrick. So if you wish to avoid any spoilers from this quest, I highly recommend you actually just skip the entire episode. We're not going to do anything like the Fact of the Week. We're not going to do anything like the uh, Sharing the Love. We're just going to be talking about this quest. So don't worry, you're not going to be missing out if you want to wait until you've played that quest before you listen. And yeah, I just recommend you tune in next time when we'll have a uh, a non-spoilery episode when we're talking about player cards again. 
Cool. So with that in mind, Conflict of the Carrick. <laughs> Conflict of the Carrick. It's uh, it's one of my favorite quests. I remember uh, when I first started playing through the APs, and and we, I mean we discussed Hunt for Gollum, of course. That was um, it was all right, but then there was a. I mean, it's it's quite fun. And it was just nice to have a new quest, but it, I mean, it wasn't. It, I wouldn't say it was thrilling. And then when Conflict of the Carrot came along, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, here we go. This is what I signed up for. So I, I, I really, <laughs> I really have fond memories of this quest. Interesting. Yeah. So I think this one. For me, I mean, I mean, I actually went through this cycle pretty quickly the first time around. So, I don't know, I really got into it and just wanted to get the next AP and the next AP. And I, so I ended up going through it fairly swiftly. So coming back to play it again now and exploring it in a bit more depth has been quite interesting. But I do remember this being a real challenge uh, the first time. Oh, yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of slightly different to some of the previous ones. And we'll... I'm sure we'll dive into how it's different. Let's jump straight into it. So, we, have you got haven't got the uh, the quest cards there? Oh, do you know what I should do? Tell me. I should get the insert, shouldn't I? <laughs> yes, I should, shouldn't I? Because, as we know, <laughs> there will be about five different rules in that that aren't mentioned on the card. Ta-da. <laughs> it's nice to be organised. <laughs> You know it will be identical this time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're going to do both. We're going to read from the insert, and then we'll read the cards. Okay. Okay, all right. So, first thing is a conflict of character. Difficulty level, seven. Now, I think you said before that we're generally going to ignore these. Yeah, I would, although seven, yeah, it is quite a tough quest. But, yeah, I think it's best just to ignore it, because otherwise you, there is a whole discussion to be had about what ratings fantasy flight gave their quests and where we think they sit because it uh, i don't know it's it's just all over the place i mean maybe after each one of these we can look at the difficulty and go do we agree or not so maybe yeah maybe there's something valid there okay all right so it's difficulty level seven (laughs) (laughs) okay so here's the description while searching for Gollum along the banks of the anduin the heroes hear rumors of a group of trolls that have come to the carrack bringing chaos and strife to the valley. Strife indeed. The Beyondings, led by Grimbjorn the Old, are known as the peacekeepers in the area, so the hero set out to find Grimbjorn and assist him in driving the intrusive trolls back to the mountains from which they came. Are they peacekeepers or beekeepers? Or both? I think both. I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but I reckon a lot of peacekeepers would be into beekeeping and vice versa, actually. Seems like a pretty chilled out vocation. Yeah. Okay. I can't imagine a warmongering beekeeper. <laughs> and that's a person you don't want to meet, isn't it? Ooh, I love the bees. <laughs> but I despise man. You know, it's, just don't want to meet that guy. You see, you've, we've all met people like that. I don't want to taste that man's honey. <laughs> you know, all I want to say now is that he comes in pints, but... I- I don't think we should go. Anyway, that's a lot of honey, right? <clears throat> All right, so, so that's for description. Uh, actually, it probably is worth reading this, actually, because I think we've come across something new. So I'll just quickly skip through this. So yeah. then it just describes which cards you play it with, and it's a setup. When setting up conflict at the Carrick, players are instructed to remove some cards from the encounter deck and set them aside out of play. 
Uh, these cards are placed away from the playing area and do not interact with the game until instructed by the cards of a scenario, which is fine. I think we see that on the cards as well. Yeah. After removing these cards, players are also instructed to immediately shuffle some of them back into the encounter deck. This interesting says, this may seem confusing at first. It is simply to ensure the proper number of cards are in the encounter deck for the number of players in the game. Now, see, for me, of all the things that are confusing in this game, which probably required some extra explanation. This is not one of them. It's pretty clear, isn't it? All it's saying is take the cards out, pick a couple of them, put them back in. It was the kind of instruction that somebody of my intelligence could follow successfully. Without that that clause that you may find it confusing. Indeed. (laughs) Then it says... After being instructed to remove four copies of the sacked card from the encounter deck, players are asked to shuffle one copy of the sacked card per player back into the deck. Since there are five total copies of sacked in the deck, the end result of this is that the game begins with one more sacked card in the encounter deck than the number of players in the game. So just in case you might not have been confused by the very simple instruction on the card. they've They've really gone for it. I, I mean, somebody in their testing group in the game got really confused about this. But okay, we're going to have to spell, spell this. Right. So hang on, I, I take them all out, and then I put one and a half of them back in. No, Jeremy! <laughs> yeah. You instructed to remove four copies of Seth. But there are five. Yes, I know. So I've got to take them but all out. you shuffle out. one back in. So I, I, so, so I shuffle... <laughs> So I shuffle two in. No, there's already one still in there. Well, how many of you are playing? One. All right. All right. Okay. How many cards have you got in front of you? <laughs> okay. No, right, do, do you know what the last sentence of this says? It says, the end result of this is that the game begins with one more sat card in the encounter deck than the number of players in the game. Why didn't they just say that? Okay. Yeah, anyway. yeah but also that sentence... Sounds ridiculously confusing. If you don't want to confuse people, don't put that sentence in. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like this is really clear. Yeah. When you read this first paragraph, you get a bit more confused. Maybe, oh, that's still fine. And then you read the second one, you go, well, what? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> then there's an equation at the bottom. <laughs> and a test. <laughs> um, okay. Now there is some useful information, though. So uh, this, this is a good one, okay? Because I think this, I guess this might be the first time we see this, perhaps. Okay. And immune to player card effects. Yes. So the Karak, a location card in the encounter deck, has the text immune to player card effects. This text means that the player cannot select the Karak as the target of any card effect and that the Karak ignores the effect of any player card that would directly interact with it. Yeah. So just it's there. We'll come on to that. Uh, and then finally, it says um, ally objective card, Grim Beyond the Old, in this scenario, players may encounter an ally objective card, Grimbion the Old. If Grimbion is revealed from the encounter deck during the quest phase, he enters the staging area as an objective. If a player's claim Grimbion the Old, as instructed by his card text, he becomes an ally under the control of the first player. The first player may then use Grimbion in the same manner he would use any ally he controls. If Grimbion the Old leaves play for any reason, the card is placed in the encounter discard pile. So what I would say, I think for this one, I think... After last time, when we looked at the Hunt for Gollum, it was actually 
we found out it was actually useful to look at the sheet. Yeah. I actually think for this quest, actually, even though we spent a few minutes talking about it, there's actually really no reason to look at this. No, absolutely not. I was thinking the same thing, apart from it was very amusing. Yeah. Although one thing I do like about these is just that first paragraph where it gives you a little bit more background. A bit more flavor text. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I like the flavor text. It's, it's, it's flavor, it, flavor text. It's delicious. <laughs> delicious flavor text. It's, it's flavor text. Also, is this one of your isms? Or is, it, is, this, oh, is flavor yeah. text a thing as well? <laughs> to, to be honest, I, I don't say anymore because I, I don't know what things are in my mind that I've just made up and what things are real. I, I, I've given up trying to work it out. It's been one of those weeks. Eh? Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to run a poll on it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. We'll leave that one uh, within our own uh, decision making. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, quest card one. 1A. What's it got to say for itself? So, 1A. Grimbjorn's quest. Uh, while searching for Gollum in the Anduin Valley, you receive word that a group of trolls have come to the Carrack. That's all it says. And then we got the setup. Um, add the Carrack to the staging area. Remove four unique troll cards and four cups of the sacked card from the encounter deck. And set them aside out of play. Then shuffle one sacked card per player back into the encounter deck. Simple setup, as we think we just... If you need further instruction... If you need further it's instruction like... on that... <laughs> <laughs> more help is available. <laughs> All right, so perhaps we should dig out the Carrick then and have a little look what that card's got to say. So that the Carrick is going to start in the staging area and basically you're going to start with some sacked cards in your deck depending on how many people are playing and you're going to have four trolls out of play. Don't look at them yet. And the Carrick in the staging area. So let's take a look at the Carrick. Okay, so the Carrick has a, a threat of two and it requires six progress to get through it. So Riverland and it says... It's immune to player card effects, as we just discussed. Uh, players cannot travel to the Carrick except through quest card effects. So something on a quest card at some point will tell us. While the Carrick is the active location, troll enemies get plus one attack and plus one shield. Oof. Nasty place. And that's the Carrick. So it's going to sit there in the staging area until instructed to move it from the quest card. So we're guaranteed an extra two threat in the staging area until it, 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 we can somehow get there. Um, now, I've just got a quick question about that initial setup. Where have we heard these rumours of trolls? I mean, we're obviously out still hunting for Gollum. We found some clues. And then we just... Is it Aragorn again, listening to the ground? He goes, there's trolls. The Carrick. Rumours in the earth. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think it goes to that level of... Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day... I think um, you're going to notice trolls, aren't you? So if there are rumours of trolls, they're yeah. probably true. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't <laughs> want to be spreading false troll rumours. No, that's some pretty bad karma you're getting your way <laughs> if you do that, I think. Yeah, forget the boy who cried wolf. There's <laughs> four trolls out there. <laughs> the stone in the ground that Aragorn listened to that cried troll. <laughs> A classic fable. It's that's yeah. from that's from um, that's from the unfinished tales, isn't it? <laughs> um, okay, so then we flip that card over, I guess. Okay, so one B. You see straight away that you require seven 
progress to complete this. Not too bad. And it says, as this area is under the watch of the Beonings, you seek out their leader, Grimbion the Old, and discover he has already set out in a rage. <laughs> oh dear. You follow, hoping to find him before he confronts the trolls. Why don't we just let him deal with them? Well, I mean, he's in a rage. I mean, I'd probably leave him to it. Exactly. <laughs> I think we should carry on our hunt for Gollum. <laughs> it says, after uh, forced, after placing the seventh progress token on Grimbjorn's quest, the Carrack becomes the active location, discard the previous active location from play. So straight away, you can see there, as soon as you're starting this at, that the character's going to sit there in the staging area until you've completed this quest card. Okay, so if you ask me, the thing we've got to do then is rush through this first quest as quick as possible. Uh, yes, I think we've had this discussion before. <laughs> no, but but seriously, when 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 um, up until this point in the game you pretty much want to sort of plow through the quest as quick as possible before you're basically before you threat out or um, as we know there's a a location in the staging area which is going to sit there until we get past this quest so when i first saw this the first thing i did was right get through this one get to that carrack because why wouldn't i yeah i, I was trying to think whether uh, i mean yes you, you're right i mean we generally speaking so yeah get through it get through it get through it that's definitely the attitude you have at the start i was actually trying to think which quest it was that made me change my mind on that was is this the first one i probably. guess probably and, and what have we had so far passage through mirkwood i mean you know you don't need to wait no, around on that just plow through it journey down the anduin yeah you just want to get rid of that troll as quickly as possible at the beginning so not that one yeah and escape from dog will do is the same again you want to get through them quickly on that too and then what was the other one? Hunt for Gollum. I can't remember how it starts. No. But I don't remember. I don't recall having to. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is the first time we, 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 we see this. Okay, so we let's do it. We plow through it. So we immediately get through it. The character becomes the active location. We get to quest card 2A. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> well, before we do that, just um, a quick word on the artwork oh. for this, for, for this card. Here we go again. <laughs> I like it. You always like it. Well, yeah, we've had one or two exceptions, haven't we? True. Let's face it. True. But this talks about trolls, but it shows bears. Oh, well, yes. Because, you know, it's the Beonings. Yeah. Now, be- now sorry, a Grimbjorn the Old is a Beoning, right? I believe so. That's what it says here. But I'm not sure he ever goes bearish on us. <laughs> Like Bayon does. He doesn't go full bear. Not full bear. <laughs> he's, he's quite bearish, though. I but think. why Why wouldn't he? I mean, I don't remember him from the books, to be honest. Does he feature? I, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I, didn't, I don't recall him either. But anyway, he's a Bayonne. Or maybe he's actually looking at his stats. Maybe he does. But okay, so shall we do that? Shall we go straight to Quest 2A? So plow through we'll this. Plow through, yeah. Why wouldn't we? Not too hard to get seven. No, and we want to get to that Carrick soon as possible get it out of the staging area cool so we've done that then do you know what i've not even put an ally on the table i've just plowed straight through with my heroes <laughs> boom i'm done did it in two rounds i think most people who have played this quest can probably relate to this exact uh, <laughs> scenario here okay so we're free 2a card 2a is called against the trolls you approach the carrick and find that the trolls have been watching you from the top of the rocky river landmark 
Uh, they haven't been behind a grouping of rocks again, have they? There's, there's no grouping here. There is a grouping <laughs> of trolls, however. <laughs> okay, then you flip it over, and you see you only require one to get through this card. World's easiest quest. It's going very smoothly so far. As you approach, the trolls close in and attack. Mm. When revealed, place the unique troll cards previously set aside into the staging area. Mm. Players cannot defeat the stage if there are any troll enemies in play. Mm. Uh, mm. I think we may have made a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) So interestingly, so you don't actually have to get through the Karak. Oh no, you do actually. Well, we'll come on to that. Yes, you do. You do, because you have to get one quest point on the quest card. Straight away, I think that's wonderfully cunning. (laughs) I I love that. (laughs) Okay, so we get four trolls in the staging area. Yes, we do. And you've got to love their names. So in no particular order, we've got Stuart, Morris, Maurice to his friends. Now, is that Lewis or Louis? Oh, do you know what? I have this conversation with myself every time I see it. And what did you tell yourself? Louis. Okay, so you've got Stuart, Morris, Lewis, and Rupert. <laughs> Louis. Louis. I, uh, Lu- Louis stroke Lewis is possibly my least favourite of these guys, to be honest. Okay, read them out. Okay, so what do we have? So each of them have got an engagement cost of 34. Each of them have got two threats. They hit for four and two shield and ten hit points. Well, they're pretty beefy. So they're all the same in that regard. Bearing in mind that we got that Carrick effect as well. While for Carrick is the active location, troll enemies get plus one attack and plus one shield. Yeah. But that's okay, because at the moment, they're sitting in the staging area and you're not engaged with them. But each of them have got different ability. So Stuart, his one is... So he's such a Stuart Troll. <laughs> that's his full name, is it? Stuart Troll. <laughs> S-Troll of... For Carrick. Um, while Stuart is engaged with a player, all troll enemies get plus one shield. Okay. And he's got a response as well, which all of them have. So the response is, after defeating Stuart, you may choose and discard one sacked card from play. Now, we haven't come across this yet. No. But what we're seeing here straight away is we're getting an idea of how powerful these trolls are together. So all troll characters get plus one shield if you're engaged with Stuart. Morris... Morris Troll, his <laughs> his ability is uh, when Morris is engaged with a player, all troll enemies get plus one attack. Rupert's ability is after Rupert attacks, shuffle all copies of the sacked card from discard pile back to, into the encounter deck. And Louis, Louis, Troll, uh, while Louis is engaged with a player, all troll enemies gain forced. After this enemy attacks... The defending player must raise his threat by three. So if you get attacked by all four in one go, I mean, that's 12 threat you're getting on you straight away there. Yeah. These guys beef each other up pretty badly. So I think to complete your scenario, which you said, you've you've got along, you've popped along to the Carrick, nice and easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've just lost, basically, haven't I? If you have to engage them, yes. <laughs> yeah, but... Let's face it, 34 is not that high. I mean, even if I did plow through it genuinely in the in the first round, I haven't got long to amass an army before they're coming to get me. And then they're probably all coming at once. Yeah. 
And that's not good. <laughs> so let's rewind. Obviously, we were having a bit of fun there because we knew what was coming. But I don't think it's that unusual that when you first play this quest, you don't know what's coming. And you do indeed just plow through in order to get to the Carrick and then wallop. Yeah. In come the trolls. And chances are you're already close to 34, if not past it, on your threat. And then... uh yeah, and then the trolls come, and then you die immediately. I mean, it, it's certainly what happened to me the first time I played it, and I think it probably happens to most people. Yeah, exactly, and same here. And I think that's why it's probably worth talking about it in that way first, because I think that's going to be most people's experience of this, isn't it? And then, you, and it makes you think. I remember again, I've had this a couple of times. You think, blimey, how am I? How on earth am I meant to defeat this <laughs> this quest? You know, this. Uh, you know, so it really, yeah, it really makes you step back and go, okay, I have to think this through. Maybe I need to design a new deck, or maybe I just need to be a bit more careful on stage one, which is probably the first thing you do. Is you go, okay, well, I just that deck didn't get a fair run at it. I will just go back and I will just know that I can't rush through that first quest card, and um, let's see if I can get there. But then actually, you'll probably find that the longer you take on that first quest card to build up an army, the more you're threat increases because it takes round after round after round and if you happen to engage these trolls or rather if you happen to move on to quest card two having taken your time and your threat is already above 34 again it's pretty suicidal unless you have a pretty good plan yeah and the other thing to bear in mind is these guys have a total threat of eight sitting in the staging area so even if you're Threat is below thirty-four. It's going you're up. You're not quick. set up for questing. Yeah, you're and you're not engaging. Yeah, you're not going <laughs> to sit around too long. So, yeah, it does present a challenge straight away. Around God, how do I, how do I tackle this, and what do I need to do in my deck? So, I think when we spoke about the core set quests, and we spoke about what each of them kind of taught. I think in a, in summary, it was basically the first one teaches you the basics of the game. The third quest sort of taught you really sort of the two players or two decks, double decker. Um, <laughs> but the second one, Journey Down the Andrian, was around designing a deck specifically for a particular quest. Yeah. And I think this one, for me anyway, this was one where that really came into play and I really had to get the balance right of the deck that I could eventually defeat it with. Um, I, I struggled with this one for a long time before I defeated it. Okay, well, that, that's interesting. So before we go into some of the other sort of individual encounter cards that we are going to come up against, because there's some doozies in here, and of course there's Grimbion we need to talk about. But before we do that, why don't we talk about the decks that we use then to actually get past it, and then we'll talk about some of the fun we had and what we came up against. Because you say you built a, a deck specifically to get past it, and I, I know you did, and I know it's very successful, but then I also know that my deck is pretty different so i think it might be quite interesting to see where our decks are similar and where they differ and, and the sort of different tactics that can be used to get past this yeah sure so do you want me to go first yeah go ahead or? yeah go ahead um so when i played this first time like i said I, I was getting through the quests um you know I, I was i really got into the sort of the cycle and i really wanted to get through the quest after quest and after I defeated this, I didn't really go back and play it again until really this last kind of um, week or so. So I tried this with quite a few different decks. I figured out fairly early on that I'm going to need, you know, something that's good in battle, you know, good fighters. And the deck I ended up with in the end was our, was our old, well, I guess one of the classic 
trios, which is Aragorn, Gimli and Legolas. No, never heard of them. <laughs> Are they in the books? I think they're mentioned, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> they're not yeah, minor characters. Um, yeah, it's no brand sort of bang. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but they... Uh, so they got a starting threat of 32, those guys. Yowzers! Yeah, so it's a high starting threat. As we just discussed, we were just talking about keeping your threat down. Now, I remember the first time I put these guys together and put this deck together, I think I won it on my first or second go the first time round. And I thought, okay, I've cracked this. This is the deck. And I took note of it. I saved it in Rings DB. So when I came back last week to try this again, I thought, oh, I've got the perfect deck for this. And I'm a much more experienced player now. No problem. And I basically got whooped about, I think it was five games in a row <laughs> where I really struggled. And I thought, yeah, maybe I need to redesign this. And I'd actually just started to, to redesign it. I thought, I'll give it another go. And that time I actually won with it. And I kind of figured out why. So so my deck is essentially, it's fairly well balanced between allies, attachments and, and events. So we've got one leadership in Aragorn and two tactics and Gimli and Legolas so really sort of beefing up Gimli doing the classic you know get some Citadel plate or two on Gimli if you can get him damaged up so prepare Gimli for for battle I've got things like um, Dunedain Mark in there which gives him an extra attack as well so really making Gimli plus maybe one one other ally attacking a troll strong enough to defeat them in kind of one go if you can yeah that was really the idea but then why was that deck kind of failing at the beginning? My threat was going up fairly quickly as enemies were coming out. You know, I was, it became difficult to manage your threat going up and questing. And then once you get to the last card, then suddenly, you, you know, it's easy just to get overwhelmed by the threat in the staging area, etc. Yeah, because even Super Gimli can't handle all four trolls hitting you at once if your threat creeps up past 34. Exactly. So... How I defeated it, though, was I've got three Gandalfs in there and three sneak attacks. And what you really need is some kind of combination, in a way I've got it set up anyway, with sneak attacks or Gandalf or whatever, sneak attack Gandalf in to reduce your threat by five every time he, he comes in. So don't do anything else with Gandalf <laughs> in terms of his ability on his card, but just reduce the threat. So you can take time to build yourself up. And then once you get through to the second card, your threat is sort of manageable. You're not going to engage all of the trolls straight away. You can kind of, if you option engage one and then maybe another, then you can probably take two in one go. But you can't, uh, it's difficult to get them all <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, you just get yeah. flooded. And then if you can, utilizing Grimbjorn as well, which we'll come on to. And this was also the first deck where I really used Bayon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Bayon was always something, you know, it costs six. You know, if you go, that's, that is expensive, obviously. Um, more expensive than Gandalf. I know. <laughs> uh, but it is an even number. Um, <laughs> but he really comes into his own in this quest, I think. Because he's an incredible defender. Uh, he's got free shield and can take six hit points. But he can also hit for three. And he's got a special ability of that plus five as well. If you need to sacrifice him to take out a troll, he's perfect for for that. Um, two. So that, that, that's how I defeat. And funnily enough, uh, just yesterday, I, I played it again uh, with that same deck. I was going to put a new deck together, but it all got a bit late, and I thought, I'll just quickly have another go. 
And because of the luck of the cards I got on that one, I sailed through it really easily. So what I found was, even with this deck, which is completely geared to try and defeat this quest, actually, depending on the card draw, I would either fail miserably or <laughs> just about get past it, or like I did yesterday, just managed to really... I got a bunch of... Uh, I got I think I got two Gandalfs and I got the three sneak attacks in really early. So, you know, my threat was way down. So it was really easy to manage the game uh, from there. Yeah, no, that sounds, uh, that sounds very strong. I mean, the sneak attack Gandalf combo is really comes into its own, I think, with that one. I mean, I did it a bit differently. So this is what, what we wanted to discuss, of course. So I... Well, there are similarities. I mean, I did also play with Gimli and I do think basically... A Berserker Gimli is your best bet for taking down the trolls. Not necessarily on his own, but basically a Gimli with a Citadel Plate, or preferably two Citadel Plates, like you say, or a Citadel Plate and a Dwarven Axe. And then then one other relatively strong ally is usually enough to take down the trolls, even with that extra defense being put on by the Carrick and the other trolls. So, you know, working backwards in the long term, you do need someone like that to really take down the uh, take down the trolls. And I mean, I suppose you could also just build up an, an army of of smaller allies or weaker allies is a better way of putting it. You know, because it does cost quite a lot to get the citadel plates onto Gimli. So you could, you know, you could use your resources to get other allies out. But I do find just getting one berserker Gimli plus another strong ally or two is just enough to take down each troll even with their extra defense. Um, so I had him, but I chose to go with with Spirit. Now, this is because I did know that that Carrick was going to be stuck in the staging area from the uh, from the off. So we, I was going to need some extra sort of willpower for questing abilities. And at first I built a deck with Eowyn, our old favorite with Gimli, and Frodo, who we discussed uh, last week. And my theory of going with Frodo was that he has a sort of very low starting threat. And I thought, well, if I can keep my um, my starting threat down nice and low, I have plenty of time before I uh, have to confront the trolls. And I think that deck has a starting threat. I want to get it right this time. I think it has a starting threat of 27. Yeah, it does, 27. I also thought that, you know, maybe when... Because Frodo can basically take any hit. So I, I, I knew there were trolls. There were another nasties in this... Uh, in this set so i figured well you know we'll just let frodo soak up he can be our go-to defender and actually it's a um an interesting thing about playing frodo alongside gimli is when you're trying to put the damage onto gimli often you'll just take undefended attacks in the hope that you can put maximum damage on him each time but then i think we've all been in the situation where you go oh, i'll do an undefended attack and then something nasty will happen with a shadow card and you, that you can't cancel and before you know it you've got a dead hero on your hands which you weren't expecting with frodo you actually can take risk-free undefended attacks because if you intended that damage to go onto gimli and then something nasty came out as a shadow and that would kill everyone you could just put that damage onto frodo and then increase your threat instead that's his ability i mean yeah it's not nice your threat's going to go up a lot but at least you haven't got a dead hero and and that's that's more of a follow-up from what we were saying last week about frodo i think that's an important point about that hero it does kind of give you like risk-free undefended attacks but anyway that aside the deck didn't work it just didn't work i couldn't get couldn't get it going with him at all 
So I kept the deck pretty much the same, but decided to weigh it more towards tactics. So I ended up having two tactics, heroes and Eowyn. So I brought out our good friend, my friend and yours, Boromir. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> of course I did. And the idea behind this is I decided to make a deck which was kind of all based on having enough sort of questing ability via Eowyn. Um, and I think Gimli also has uh, two willpower as well. So yeah. he, he yeah. he's not a, a shabby quester either. But then the idea was that I would be able to ready everyone. So, I mean, Eowyn was just questing. She she was not doing anything else but questing and then staying out of trouble, keeping her head down. And giving you access to all those lovely spirit cards. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, th- and this is key because I, I managed each time I played to get two unexpected courages onto Gimli. So he could attack, ready himself, attack, ready himself, and attack if necessary. What I actually tended to do with it when I got two unexpected courages on him was use him to quest to get the extra quest points, then ready him, then attack, then ready him, then attack. Hang on, is that too many? No, that's right. Three, you can do three in total. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, if necessary, Boromir could also be readying himself with a threat increase granted, but in a pinch, that's very useful. And I, I didn't use it that often because you do have to keep an eye on your threat. But the ability to basically ready two of my heroes every sort of stage of each round was incredibly useful so that was my sort of main tactic and then again in similarity to use that you i was beefing up gimli as much as possible and of course you have tactics cards such as faint and quick strike which are very useful against the trolls because if you can buy yourself any time by just fainting one of them so you can get a hit i mean that troll i forget his name the one which increases your threat when he attacks. Lewis, my Lewis. least favorite one. If you can, uh, oh Louis, I think you mean. Louis. Yeah. Um, if you can, opt- if you can optionally engage Lou, you know, before your threat hits thirty-four, if you optionally engage him, and then if you can either quick strike him and kill him or faint him, then at least he won't push your threat up to well close to thirty-four, if not past it. So you can kill him before that effect happens, and I, that is a very strong tactic. Yeah, that's why I like to try and take him out first if I can, for precisely for that. Because suddenly you just go pop, 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 and before you know it, you're <laughs> right on the edge. You know? No, absolutely. And of course, the other key things for me was indeed is it's all threat management. Of course, so um, yeah, I had three Gandalfs, but I had to pay for him each time. But I did find that I was at sometimes just bringing him in, reducing my threat by five. Didn't actually need him for anything because I think yeah. that's also a very important part about this quest is that you need to take your time on that first quest. You mustn't over-quest, because it's quite easy to accidentally get past stage one when you're not ready. This is why, again, Banks of Yanduin is your friend. <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky enough to draw it, but yeah, I know yes. exactly what you mean. <laughs> um, so I would bring, bring in Gandalf and going, well, actually, I don't need to attack with him. I don't want to quest with him, so I'm just going to bring him in, pay five, lower my threat by five, and then see you later, mate. And uh, yeah, it, it seems expensive, seems crazy, but sometimes you just had to do that. Yeah, he brought some long bottom leaf with him, just had to hang around a bit, had a, bit, a couple of puffs, everyone felt a bit more relaxed, and what, what, that was you, the end of that. What are you doing over there? Four trolls, you say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Um, I also had three copies of the Gladrim's Greeting, which... One of my favourite cards. Of course, is... <laughs> Actually, I didn't see it that much, but basically what I found is... I, I needed about a threat reduction of about 10 on average. Right. I think, right. I think. Oh, by the way, my starting threat with these three was 31, so quite high. So I would like to play for about sort of eight or nine rounds and then be able to reduce my threat by about 10. So either two Gandalfs or a Gladiator and Greeting in the Gandalf. And that would just about give me enough to get onto the trolls and then take one or two of them out before they all came in. But yeah, it wasn't easy. I mean, the way we're talking about it is like we've got it solved, but the number of times you'd do it and you'd, you know, the locations would come just at the wrong time or you thought you had your questing under control and then you would overquest or you would suddenly find that you were taking too much time and you'd get location locked. Yeah, it's it's a delicate balance. Yeah, uh, totally. And I think for me, it really came down to what cards came out of when. Not only in my deck, but off the encounter deck, like both of them had to kind of align to some extent Otherwise, it became really difficult. And um, I'm sure there's people listening to this who will know other ways to beat this quest. But basically, the deck which I was putting together when I thought my original one that worked wasn't working this time um, was sort of along your lines as well. I was thinking of a spirits and tactics deck, not just for the questing, but really for the spirit cards, you know, stopping some of these uh, treachery cards and, and, and this kind of stuff. Well, the cancellation was interesting, actually, because I did have three Test of Wills and three Hasty Strokes in it. So Test of Will to cancel the treacheries, the when revealed effects, I should say, and the three Hasty Strokes to cancel shadow cards. But this is very unlike me. I ended up taking out the Test of Wills to replace them with some more allies, I think, which I would never recommend doing normally about never taking away anything that can cancel treacheries or when revealed effects but i actually found in this specific scenario there wasn't that much that i needed to cancel and actually there is a nasty uh uh well the sacked we've, we've talked about it already sacked is, is a nasty when revealed effect but it states on it it can't be cancelled so maybe it's worth talking about that but i would say by the way hasty stroke cancelling the shadow effects was vital for me because there are some nasty shadow cards in here for sure but yeah so those are the decks and those are the decks that we use and we were able to beat it so should we talk about uh what's coming out of the encounter deck and of course i did mention stack then so i think maybe we'll just jump straight to that but then we mustn't forget to talk about the possibility of a uh another ally joining us it was mentioned in the in the uh in the sheet there Grimbion becomes an ally and be only old. Shall we talk about him first? Go ahead. Or we go yeah, yeah, go, go on. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll come back to Sacked. Okay. So Grimby on the old. So he's an objective. So you need to get him somehow, either draw him off your counter deck or some other means. And we'll talk about that as well in a minute. So uh, he quests for two. He hits for four. He has a shield of three and, and he's got 10 hit points. Very powerful. He's an ally. Um, Grimbion the Old does not exhaust to defend against troll enemies. So straight away, this guy is sounding fantastic. If Grimbion the Old has eight or more resource tokens on him, he joins the first player as an ally. Okay, so we've got to get resource tokens on this guy. And eight of them is not a small amount. But then it says, action, spend one leadership resource to place that resource on Grimbion the Old. So I had... In my deck, I had um, Aragorn, and I also had Song of Kings as well, which allowed 
one of my other heroes as well to spend money on um, leadership resource. So for me, nice and easy. Now for your good self, I'm not sure you had for song or you didn't definitely you definitely didn't have any leadership guys. No leadership, no song. And so um so how do you get this guy? Well, I I made a I made a conscious decision <laughs> that there is there is a way to get him and we're going to come to that in a second. But my decision was if I couldn't go down this path which we we're just about to mention, I wasn't going to worry. I kind of figured you got to either go for this or write it off because yeah, I kind of had a plan and I stuck to it. But how could I possibly do it? You say there is a way. There is a way. And that way is through a location. And it is the Oakwood Grove, which has some rather wonderful and mysterious artwork. <laughs> and uh, this has got a um, threat of two. You only need one to get through there. So you've got to be a bit careful here as well. It's a forest. While Oakwood Grove is the active location, resource tokens from any sphere may be spent as leadership resource tokens. Uh-huh. So straight away, it's saying once Oakwood Grove is active, you can spend whatever resource you want to get Grimpy on the old. So you've got to be a bit careful, though, because you only need to, to if you get one progress token on Oakwood Grove, it's going away. It disappears. It's gone. It's gone. So you either have to make sure you've saved up your eight resources and you're able to spend them before you travel to Oakwood Grove if it comes out. If you can't at any point, obviously it's going to sit there in a staging area adding an extra two threat every time you're trying to quest. So it's not it's not a gimme by any stretch of imagination, but you, you have to kind of know it's fair. So you have to play the quest once or twice to kind of figure out, oh, okay, that's how you that, that's how you do it. Yeah, and it's a, it's a balancing act, actually, because I got Oakwood Grove quite early on in the first couple of times I, I went and replayed this and I didn't have Grimbjorn in the staging area yet so I had to make a decision it's like well do I just get this thing out of my staging area like I say it's contributing to threat but I've got Eowyn as well so I don't want to get past stage one that quickly so having four threats up there permanently it's not that bad um but it does mean that your possibility of not questing successfully gets quite high. And I think sometimes when I failed this quest, I was leaving it there for too long, like banking that I would be able to find Grimbjorn and then I would have the resources, travel immediately to the Oakwood Grove, and then I would have this really great ally by my side. But in the end, I actually sort of wasted my time. I should have just cleared it out and stuck to my original tactics. Um, one interesting rule clarification here. I had Northern Tracker in my deck. Now, when Northern Tracker commits to a quest, he has a response of putting one resource token on every location in the staging area. Now, of course, that wouldn't happen to the carrot because it's immune to player card effects. Um, oh, interesting point to note on that, I'm jumping around, is that that means that no Northern Tracker, no Snowborn Scouts, no Legolas. If you kill an enemy with Legolas, those progress tokens that you get for doing that, they go nowhere. They don't go on the character, they don't go on your quest, they just get lost. Um, anyway, sorry, my point about the Northern Tracker is that it's a response to put the progress tokens onto the locations in the staging area. Now, responses are always optional. So you don't have to do it. 
And I think that's an important uh, clarification because it's not like if you quest with Northern Tracker, the Oakwood Grove is gone because you're forced to put that progress token on it. You get to choose if you ever do a response or not for, for anyone. So his response is, after Northern Tracker commits to a quest, place one progress token on each location in the staging area. So does that mean then, if it's optional, does that mean then you can either place one progress token on each location or you don't put one on any? It's a very good question. Or does it mean you can choose which ones you can put it on? Because I guess reading that response, it's either all of them or none of them, right? From what you just said, I've not actually thought about that. It's a very valid point. I think you're right. I think it wouldn't go on any of them because the response is you put it on each location. Each location, yeah. Not you get to choose one or two. I think, yeah, I think it either goes on everything or not at all. Because you're basically choosing whether or not to do the response or not. Not, you're not... uh, yeah, you're not massaging the actual response itself. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you're choosing, do I read this text or not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably worth checking. I'm sure that would be the case. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is as well. But uh, yeah, so basically, but I do think it's important to note that re- responses are optional. If, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. But I think, actually, I say I didn't know that, but I'm pretty sure I've played it that way. Actually, because it's kind of intuitive, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. Um, so Oakwood Grove is great, but I didn't have Grimbjorn, so I didn't travel there. I sort of kept it there, and then I actually probably should have traveled there and just got rid of it, and maybe hoped it came up again, because I think there are two of them in the deck. Um, but what can we do if Grimbjorn is not in the staging area, and I, and I really want to go to the Oakwood Grove and get him, because I've got, I've got the resources, but I can't find the man. Well, then... There's somewhere else you need to go. <laughs> and this is one of my very favourite places that we've seen in the game so far. And that is a location called the Bee Pastures. Oh, so nice. So nice. Bee Pastures location. It's Wilderlands. You need two progress to get through there. It's got a threat of one. And it's got a response. After you travel to Bee Pastures, search the encounter deck and discard pile for Grim Beyond the Old and add him to the staging area. Then shuffle the encounter deck. So basically, you find Grimbjorn at the beet pastures, essentially, is what this is saying. Then you've got to take him along to the Oakwood Grove to convince him to <laughs> come and fight me. But I, I, I really love this card. And I think I like it because I think it's one of the very few occasions that we see some genuine blue sky Oh, yeah. In middle It's glorious. Oh, how much do you want to be at a bee patch? Every time you look at this card, you think, oh, I want to be there right now. Just chilling out. Hopefully you haven't got any warmongers doing the, the beekeeping. Yeah, exactly. Trying to sell you their poisoned honey. Yeah, exactly. Pints of it. <laughs> but I can't... <laughs> but I can't... Uh, no, but I, I, I really like... I, re- I really do love the... Um, just the idea of bee pastures. And the uh, and the artwork there, that's awesome. And again, this is one of the few. I think we mentioned this in. I can't remember which, um, which one was it? Was it Journey Down the Anduin, or was it the first one? Well, no, it was, the, it was the first quest, isn't it? Um, where we actually have some locations which aren't evil, which are oh, actually nice you. places. Yeah, that help you. That's terrific. I, I really like that. Fantastic theming there, I think. Well, I also like the fact that we got an ally in the encounter deck because just because it, it's an encounter. Doesn't mean that it's a bad encounter. Oh, I came across a friend. Exactly. Yeah. 
And that's really wonderful. I would like to point out this doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yeah, it's an exception, but it does happen. <laughs> now, we were talking about sort of luck of a draw. Um, we, talk, we, talk, we talked about for trolls, right? But they're not the only trolls in this deck because <laughs> our old chum, the hill troll from Journey Along the Anduin is in this deck as well. There's two of them. And just talking about bead patches reminded me of this. So I think when was it last couple of days when you were playing this quest trying to get through it, you kept drawing this guy. And I mean, you just started a game, and I think you got the hill troll first card, yeah, first card off the encounter deck, which made me laugh. And when I was saying I sailed through last night, the first card I got was a bee pastures. <laughs> I was like, doo, 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 doo. Yeah. oh, it's beef pastures. Oh, hi, Grimbjorn. Yeah, how you doing? And it was all very nice. I had a nice little jolly free. Gimli and Grimbjorn killed all the trolls, and that was the end of the game. It was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Johnland, <laughs> I'm fighting a hill troll with Eowyn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I do think we should point out that when you do get Grimbjorn as an ally, He's incredibly helpful. I mean, he ah. helps defeat this quest no end. I mean, I think it lowers the difficulty from what? What do they say this was a seven? It lowers it down to like a four or something if you can get Grimbjorn out. I mean, a vital stat, of course, is he has ten hit points and three defense. Is it? Yeah. And he doesn't exhaust to defend against trolls. Against yeah. trolls, yeah, against trolls. And they hit for four. Ah, well, yeah, kind of. But yes, but then if we're at the Carrack, so as long as that's the active location, they hit for five. Yeah. And as long as our friend, uh, which one is it? Morris? Yeah, Morris. As long as Morris is around, then he's heading for yet another one. Yeah. And then you've got Shadow as well. So if you're a bit unlucky, he can kind of cark it after two or three defenses. But, you know, if you've got a souped up Gimli, you've got enough to take out a troll each time, then you should be just about good enough to... Yeah, utilize Grimbion to the max and yeah. get rid of these guys. I mean, I only managed to get him once in these replays. And that time I got him, it was yeah, it was a piece of cake. But I think I, I'd really had to struggle through the other times that when I got him, it was just like, yeah, what's all the fuss about? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so should we just quickly, because each of these trolls has the response that after defeating said troll, you may choose and discard one sacked card from play. So I think we better just jump to sacked before we go through some yeah. of the other encounter cards, because I think that's one of the other sort of specific to this quest encounters. Yeah. There was when I was struggling in my first few goes retrying this, I kept getting sacked even on the first card, because there's a couple of them as we talk, talked about already, in the encounter deck. And it can hamstring you completely. Oh, yeah. And there's only a couple of ways to get rid of this. And one of them we already spoke about, which is a response after defeating a troll. And I think the only other way I know of, and I think we touched on this in an earlier episode, is if you've got a law deck or if you've got, somehow can get the, what was he called? Minor of the... Minor of the Iron Hills, yeah. Yeah, he can get rid of a condition attachment. But Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, nasty card. Sacked when revealed, attached to a hero with no sacked cards attached, controlled by the first player, cannot be cancelled. So, this is why you're, yeah. So, test of will that just came out, yeah, forget it, yeah, yeah, nasty. Um, counts as a condition attachment with the text attached hero cannot attack, defend, commit to a quest, trigger its effect, or collect resources. <laughs> yeah, you're in a sack, you can spend resources. 
What, what are you doing? Just sort of poking coins out through a little gap yeah. in the sack. There you go. Le- leg glass. You got a fiver? Yeah, yeah. Leg glass. What's that? It's a pound. Can you go and get me an ice cream? You got a quid, mate. You can imagine just chucking it down to him from the sack. No, that's a, that's, that's a nasty nasty card that one oh so it's horrendous it's horrendous i mean i was lucky actually because i didn't really see sack i saw it i think only once and it was right near the end of the game so it went straight onto aowen i think and then i was just uh i was readying gimli no end so i just got him ready and just killed a troll and it left straight away and i kind of knew it was going to leave straight away so yeah, i got very lucky with that so I had completely forgotten about another treachery card. And um, this horrified me quite a lot when it happened in... I think it was the first time I tried this quest this time round. This is the worst treachery card known to man. In well, oh, Yeah, I think we know which one it is. <laughs> Are you talking about roasted slowly for chance? <laughs> because that's what I'm talking about. Mm, delicious. <laughs> Slow-cooked... <laughs> Elf, mm. apparently. <laughs> Crispy ears. Meat off the bone. <laughs> so, yeah, not good. No. So this, and I was kind of shocked. Well, I, I've just made a note. It just says, roasted slowly, full stop. The worst, full stop. <laughs> That's my note. Yes, and I think that note is accurate. <laughs> so I, I had this, I had Legolas in the sack. And I was like, oh, oh, what's going on here? I've, I've stitched up. A couple of goes later, I think, how am I going to get... I've got to get to the trolls and kill ones to get Legolas back, but uh, I'm in no way prepared to do that. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, questing, and you get roasted slowly. When revealed, destroy all heroes with a card sacked attached. <laughs> then, shuffle roasted slowly back into the encounter deck. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why <laughs> not? And that, boom, goodbye. And do you know what? That was... um. Uh, I got a bit of a double negative on that one because not only did that destroy Legolas. Well, that, ma- that, that makes that makes a positive, doesn't it? You'd think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> However, the rules of mathematics have gone out the window in this game. <laughs> and what happened was basically uh, because it was a treachery, it meant that I accidentally overquested as well. So not only did I lose Legolas, <laughs> I went straight into the trolls. <laughs> did, <laughs> did, did you did you beat the quest that go? No, I did not. Well, I I, I, at least it's a slightly thematic that you went straight into the trolls because I'm wondering how Legolas managed to get himself caught in a sack when there were no trolls around. He was just walking <laughs> along, trying to find the carrack, fell into a sack. <laughs> Couldn't get him out. Couldn't get him out. What are you doing, Legolas? <laughs> I don't know. It's like that Ben's Return of the Jedi. What's, the, what's that? Another, another film? When, yeah, have you heard of that? No. Okay, it's about these. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you after. <laughs> There's this one bit where a, uh, a a very positive, somewhat foolish character follows his nose in the forest and ends up basically with all of them in a sack. And that's basically what can yeah, you know, there could be a trap there laid. <laughs> Always thinking of his stomach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's that Legolas. That's that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so greedy. Piling on the pounds there, Legolas. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I don't want to be a, a sort of a, a, a stickler for the rules. Well, of course, I do want to be a stickler for the rules. It's a, it's a card game. If you don't stick to the rules, you might as well not play it. But there is an interesting word on Roasted Slowly, and that word is then. Yeah, I can see from your face you're excited by the inclusion of the word then. Um, but it does... <laughs> we even... Okay, go on. No. <laughs> Well, basically, there are two points to its effect. One, destroy a hero. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. At least one. <laughs> at least one. At least one. And then it says, then shuffle it into the deck, or words to that effect. Okay? What's important is the word then. Not, it's not important that you've just killed Legolas. What's important is that if you don't get rid of a hero by this treachery, you do not shuffle that card back into the deck. It just gets discarded normally. Um, oh, phew. I haven't been cheating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Had to happen sooner or later. Um, okay, and, and, and for those who, are, who like to know, uh, you know where all these things are written, this is in the fact. It is rule clarification 1.15. The word then. And it says this. If a card effect uses the word then, then the person... <laughs> <laughs> That's well written, isn't it? <laughs> if a card effect uses the word then, then the preceding effect must resolve successfully for the subsequent dependent effect to resolve. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. 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 So if it says then, the first bit's got to happen. Otherwise, then it doesn't happen. <laughs> no, it doesn't happen then or later. <laughs> then that makes sense, yeah. Then then it does, yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're giving so much clarity to people. Well, that's that then. (laughs) Is that then? (laughs) Yeah, that's that then. That's it's not that. It's then. Then, then that's that then. The word then now no longer has any meaning to me. (laughs) Okay, there is another treachery, and this one can be. From mildly annoying to a bit of a stitch-up. And it's okay. a frightened beast. And I'll, I'll tell you why this one can be annoying. So, when revealed, each player raises his threat by the total threat of all cards in the staging area. Any player may choose and discard from play one creature ally card he controls to cancel this effect. I don't have any creatures, right? So, each player raises his threat by a total threat of all cards in the staging area. So, the reason... This one can be annoying, or worse, is because, first of all, if you've got a fair amount of threat in the staging area, you're adding that to your own threat, regardless of your successful questing or what have you. Second, it can be a double-edged sword because, again, it might mean you overquest the first card. So actually, it's the complete opposite of what you want to happen. Not only have you overquested, you've also increased your threat anyway. <laughs> So, yeah. so, so it's double frustrating. So that's, that's, that can be a very annoying card. That one, uh, I, I, it hasn't stitched me up too badly playing, to be honest. But it, it got the potential to. I can imagine scenarios where that can really scupper you. Actually, I, I did see it a few times. I mean, I actually had a few eagles in my deck, but I didn't discard any because it didn't really cause me too much grief. But yeah, I could see. I mean, I, I like the theme of it. It's great. That your, your animals have been startled. So, you know, your horse or your eagle runs away. Do eagles run? Not traditionally. I guess they can, right? <laughs> well, if, if they have to. They have to. 
I mean, I could run if I have to, but I rarely do. <laughs> You'd much rather fly, right? Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, actually, the, the, I mean, there's a couple of other cards that I do want to talk about from this particular encounter. I've got one location and, and one enemy that really, uh, that really stand out to me. But before I do, I just sure want... they're the same as mine. <laughs> oh, probably, probably. But the um, I just want to talk about because this is my weekly thing of um, my satisfaction of killing wargs. So the wargs exist in this set. And um, I just had a nice way of killing them again, which just again felt felt nice. As I think everyone knows by now, when the wargs attack you, if they have a shadow card, which doesn't have an effect, they go back to the uh, staging area. And I hate that so much. So during this quest, I was trying to put some damage onto Gimli. So this was right near the beginning of the quest. So Gimli starts off with his five hit points. And the wargs, I think, hit for three, I believe. Um, so I thought I'd just take an undefended attack from the wargs because I don't even really mind if they go back to the staging area this time because I just wanted to get the three hits onto Gimli. So I flipped over the shadow card and there was there was a shadow effect. I can't remember what it was. Hang on, I've got a picture there. Um, oh, it was Roasted Slowly. So it was great. So Roasted Slowly was not going to be in the deck anymore and the shadow is fine if it's on the wargs because it says if the attacking enemy is a troll, remove two damage tokens from it, which it wasn't. It's a warg. So what was great is that I put three tokens onto Gimli, which put his attack up to five, which meant I could just kill the wargs immediately. Oh, it felt so sweet. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you bite these ankles. Oh, you've picked on the wrong dwarf, my friend. <laughs> and that is very Gimli as well. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it felt good. And I promise I won't bring up wargs every week, but uh, yeah, this one was sweet. Did Gimli kind of sniff the work's dead carcass? <laughs> Killed him. Oh, God. He's known to do that. He roasted it slowly. <laughs> um, okay, well, and so one of the enemies from the actual Conflict of Carrick set, which did cause me quite some grief, is the Muck Adder. Was that the one you had? I hate this guy. I can't risk, but you have to sacrifice someone first. It's just terrible. So just to read it out, um, and there are lots of these. In, I think there's like four or five of them. So the Muckadder is a creature and it has an engagement cost of 20. So it's coming for you. It can contribute threat of one, which is not so bad. It only hits for two. That's really not so bad. It has no defense and four hit points. So it's not very pleasant, but it's not undefeatable. But it has a very nasty forced effect. It says forced. If Muckadder damages a character, discard that character from play. Hi ay ay. Poisoned. Dead. It's just terrible. So if it if it gets a nip on you, that character's gone. And that's ally, hero, doesn't matter. Now, I managed to get this guy once with a shadow effect of despair. Now, just to remind you, the shadow on despair was shadow. Defending character does not count its defense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Game over. That's why I can't risk anything with this guy. <laughs> yeah, I had hasty stroke at the time. So I, I, well, I cancelled that shadow. And uh, uh, yeah, it, that was unbelievable. Yeah, I had no way to cancel shadows. It's, and it's either you either faint him or you do a quick strike or whatever it is. Or you've got to sacrifice somebody, basically. It's too much of a risk. 
exactly because of the shadow cards, uh, the kind of things you're talking about there. Yeah, unbelievable. You, so you never risked it, even with someone with four shields. You just thought, well, if if I had some, well, I think I think there was one or two occasions I had to risk it and got lucky. I think well, I think one time I got hero killed by the Muckada early on as well. Uh, but generally, if I'd have somebody out, if I've got a snowborn, snowborn scout's ideal. <laughs> no, the only reason I said about four defenses, I, there's an eagle which has four defense, which is like, yeah, okay, I'll take my chances. <laughs> yeah. And well, and the other thing with the snowborn scout is you, you whack him in, you put your card on. Then I did have copies of Valiant Sacrifice as well in my deck. So if I did have to do a sacrifice, at least I'd get a couple of cards out of it as well. So. That's yeah. kind of what I was thinking there. But yeah, really horrible, horrible enemy. And like you say, there's a couple of them in there, aren't there? Yeah, I think there's loads. Uh, I think, I, 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 I don't know exactly how many. I, I never go through and count what's no. in the encounter sets. I just, I just accept it. I just accept my fate. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so that's really the only other creature which really, uh, I didn't want to see. I mean, come on. I mean, that's enough, isn't it? You've got the muck adders, you've got four trolls and two hill trolls to contend with. Oh, and wargs. And uh, Shadow Riders, lots and lots of nasty creatures in there. Um, and locations, I mean, there's a lot of locations in here that we've seen before which can really cause you trouble. Like, there's definitely options for location lock if you're not careful, and I did suffer with that a bit. But there's a, there's only really one location, I think, which is particularly nasty in this set. And you, you also had one. Let's see if it's the same one. Which one, which one did you pick out? I, I had uh, the River Langflood. Ah, yes. The Bonnie Langflood. The Bonnie Langflood. <laughs> <laughs> um this is hot. in fact i'm not sure how many more locations there are actually but but this one yeah this if you get this at the wrong time it can be just horrible if you get this near the beginning of that second card it can be a right stitch up it's got two threats you need free progress to get through it it's a riverland while it's in the staging area river Langflood gets plus one threat for every troll enemy in play so if you have to have four or maybe five or maybe even six, if you're unlucky, then suddenly your threat's going to shoot up and, you know, you could be in a spot of bother. And not only that, you've got the Carrick in the way on that last card as well. If you haven't got through the Carrick, and you're probably unlikely to if you draw this because suddenly you're you're not questing for all, an awful lot. Yeah, You're not getting through the six on the Carrick either. So you've got to kill those trolls as quickly as possible. And it's suddenly, it's a race against time. And it's, yeah, this can really stitch you up, this card. It doesn't sound bad, does it, when you first look at it? But then the more you think about it and the more you see it in action, you think, oh, God, this is, <laughs> this is horrific. It's horrendous. I mean, I, I enjoyed watching uh, Bonnie Langflood in Doctor Who when I was a child. But uh, <laughs> the River Langflood, not so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie Langford. Anyone <laughs> listening to this outside the UK, by the way, will probably have very little idea of who Bonnie Langford is. Oh, was she an international star? I mean, she maybe should have been. <laughs> <laughs> they have the internet, and uh, yeah, maybe we've got a few. Um... <laughs> well, was she, was she most famous for Doctor Who? Oh, she did lots of stuff. She was on TV all the time when we were kids. But Just, uh... yeah, yeah. Just anything on the BBC, really. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie Langflood. Okay. <laughs> I think that that's one bit of theming that's gone for me. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> not getting that one back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but the, I mean, I don't really have much more to say about what comes off of the deck. And I mean, we've kind of gone around talking about this quest in a bit of a strange way that we went right through what happens. And then we talked about how to defeat the trolls and then worked our way backwards. Uh, yeah, and, it, and of course, that's kind of a bit like how this quest works because you don't have necessarily a set way to beat it. I mean, maybe you're you are wanting to get Grimbjorn out. Maybe you're thinking, maybe you're going to start with a really low starting threat, and you do want to burn through that first card. That is definitely something I've considered. Like if you if you can get a lot of willpower so that you don't mind those trolls being in the staging area, you could start with a super low threat, burn through that first quest card know that you're going to quest okay with the trolls up there and then i don't know what your plan is but i have considered that there is a an option to do that you know almost to get rid of the carrack before the trolls engage you or you engage the trolls optionally but yeah i've never built a deck to do it but it certainly has crossed my mind on that i was i'd started to put a deck together late a couple of nights ago probably not thinking that straight and i was thinking i was thinking along the lines of you spirit and tactics and i was really thinking get dune here involved get him to take some people out in the staging area but with the carrick in play if i beefed up dune here with like a, an axe or, or two or something like that then i could hit for maybe two off a troll each go which would mean i'd only need 20 rounds <laughs> <laughs> before they engaged you yeah, 20 rounds to kill, to kill them all while they're in a staging area. Yeah, yeah, before they engage you. So you'd need to get onto that second quest card with your threat at 14. And not basically have any more enemies or any more locations and all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're questing for eight minimum. You're going to get your location luck straight away because you're not getting through the Carrick. Yeah. Okay, it's a terrible idea. But it's... It, I. Th- I think it's got to be possible to do. I, I'm going to look into it. I mean, I've played this quest quite a lot the last few days, so I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to spend that much time thinking about it, but I think that there is an interesting opportunity there. I agree. I mean, in summary, I really do enjoy this quest. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's an interesting one because when I first saw it, of course, it harks back to the scene in The Hobbit, of course, with the four trolls. Four trolls or three trolls in The Hobbit? There's three of them, aren't there? Can't remember. The and there's three of them in The Hobbit, isn't there? Yeah. Not yeah. not not the six that we have here, <laughs> and and I think there are a few quests near the beginning of this game where you can see they've really taken inspiration from the books, and I think they probably designed the quest before they knew they were going to do the saga expansions, and they wanted people to experience those sort of iconic moments from the books without it being identical to it, and uh, yeah, I certainly appreciated it because I I thought it was great to go up against these trolls and to really design a deck to beat this problem it wasn't just a case of well i've got this deck which is pretty powerful and it seems to do me okay and here comes another quest and i got through it it really did take some thought and i really thoroughly enjoyed it yeah same here and it was it's a really fighty one i guess in some well or, or is it actually it's it's more maybe it's more strategic than fighty if you if you know what i mean it's not like there's loads and loads of battles going on all the time but you just got some specific enemies you just need to obviously take care of of course but yeah you're right it really makes you step back and think about how to defeat a specific challenge and like like i said before i'm sure there are other ways so we we found a couple of ways to do it i did it with leadership and tactics you've done it with tactics and spirit it would be interesting to know if there are other ways to do it i've got a hunch as well about having you know 
a quest heavy kind of deck maybe and uh, do it that way and build up you know that might be a way to do it and there's probably, maybe there's people who've done it ways that we haven't thought of at all and it'd be great to see what some of those are if anyone's um you know done it differently if they want to write in or get in contact and let us know that'd be great to hear how, how others have done it yeah for sure I mean, I think there is something to be said for maybe getting Denethor involved and scrying the deck and, you know, just pushing all the bad locations and uh, hill trolls to the bottom of the deck. Yeah, maybe there is a way of doing it with law. I've never really considered trying it with law, but... Um, no. Oh, maybe just... <laughs> Maybe you just need somebody really hard just to go and bash these guys. <laughs> Maybe that's what it boils down to. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we've already solved it. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> but as you say, it'd be great to hear from people if they uh, have a completely different tactic. And uh, that reminds me to let you know how you can get in touch. It has escaped us the last couple of episodes. I've sort of forgotten to mention if you want to get in touch, how to do it. So there's a few ways. We have a... Twitter feed at Later the Rings. You can get in contact with us directly at laterthings at gmail.com. And you can always find me hanging around like a bad smell on the board game geek thread. You can always uh, drop me a line there. Like a dead warg. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the, sm- the smell of a warg being roasted slowly. <laughs> um so yeah, that's that's about all I've got to say about this. Have you have you got anything more you want to add before we wrap this up? Uh, no, apart from just to say yeah, I think this is a yeah, just really enjoyable quest. It's really enjoyable to go back and try it again and realize that the way I thought I'd had it sorted wasn't quite working. And I actually I think I learned a little bit about the game playing this quest again. Actually, so yeah, it was it was great. I really really enjoyed it. That's all I have to say in addition. I think. <laughs> well very nice too um okay well i think next week will not be a spoiler episode we'll be going back to the player cards as i mentioned at the beginning of the uh show i believe we'll be doing tactics from the shadows of mirkwood uh cycle so there's lots of great cards in that so more fighting <laughs> so and maybe some flying oh you tease or <laughs> running apparently <laughs> indeed so yeah as you allude to the eagles are coming <laughs> I'll write that one down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with that, I uh, wish you well. And thanks again for listening. And we'll speak to you next time. So, goodbye.